Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's edition of the Super Ad MMA Show. Uh, as always, I'll be joined by my brother Mel Brown. Uh, this week, we talk about UFC Rochester. Uh, we discuss uh, Sage Northcott's gnarly facial injuries. We discuss Gary Tonin. We talk about Masvidal and Pettis having a grappling match. We talk about Nate Diaz fighting uh, Anthony Pettis, which is a bizarre one. Uh, we talk about uh, Lesnar not coming back by the looks of it. Uh, we have a heated debate about whether Rashad Evans should be in the Hall of Fame or not. We, of course, as always, have our dick of the day. We have our dude of the day and as always we have our saints and sinners we talk about that and much much more in this week's edition of jack and mel's super ad mma show of course next week there's no ufc so if you have any questions for our show next week please be sure to tweet us at super ad mma get in touch at instagram at palooka media or find us on facebook at uh, super ad mma so see you in a minute final round hey Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. What we're on the road to find Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the fuck up. Hello, hello, hello. And I am, uh, as always, Jack Aaron I'm joined by my brother Mel Brown. What is the crack, Bell? The crack is 90, as we say in this part of the world. I haven't heard that phrase in a long time. I don't even know what it means. What does it mean? What is? Is it like a scale? Ninety out of ninety. That's an odd scale. You would think if you're saying things are ninety, you would think you'd have a hundred. But we have a lot of listeners that that aren't from uh, Northern Ireland, let alone even the UK. Uh, What's the crack means? What's happening? How are you? What is? What's going on? What's the biz? Give us the give us the nine one one. The info, bros. Dem cracks. See, but of course it's spelled C-R-A-I-C and not C-R-A-C-K. Not like, can I have some crack? <laughs> yeah, what's the crack? What's Where the crack? is the crack? Where is can I have the crack of... immediately? Yeah. Um, we apologize. We haven't been here in the last two weeks. We've had some serious technical difficulties since we upgraded our equipment. We're hoping that, uh, well, if you're hearing this, they are resolved. So um, we, we look forward to, to being with you every Monday. We've changed from a Tuesday to a Monday just to uh, get that content to you a little bit sooner. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get into it. Well, first of all, actually, I'm drinking coffee from a Winter is Coming mug and Game of Thrones is over as of today. Thank fuck. It has came. Thank and fuck. And went. And if you like Game of Thrones, like, well, I, I hate it. Like, we're going to lose listeners over this, but I hate it. I... Um impartial as i've never watched more than three to four minutes of it i just don't it's very specific i've never watched any more than three minutes maybe maximum four minutes i just yeah it's just all the same balls it's like the family of decimilius have been removed from war by the family of maximus whose allegiance to the king have winter fallen this famine i'd probably be well into it but yeah, probably missed the boat. Yeah, you like start. all that stupid shit, like oh, dragons stupid. and elves and shit. Love me some elves. I do. Oh, do you know the thing is as well? It's like your man, the the guy. What do you call him? The the dwarf guy. What do you call him? What, the actor? No, no, the guy. No, the actor. Uh, He's like really well known. Not by us, apparently. No, but it's just always like I find it really interesting because it's like how did he survive all those battles? I don't know. You'd have to watch the show to find out. <laughs> do, you, do you know what? If something's going to get me intrigued, that yeah. might be how, how, how the fuck is that through? dwarf survived everything? How has he managed yeah. to be completely immune to everything that's happened the entire time? 
crafty. Crafty. Well, apparently, I actually did ask my missus that, and she just said, because he's smart. As, is that all it takes? Apparently so. Apparently so. But it, to be fair, he's the only character that I've, I've uh, out of the moments of it that I have seen, I've only seen the first season. Um, and then people always go, and you didn't carry on watching? And you're like, no. Is it not like you? seven or eight seasons of just one old big dick tease? So I had to watch an episode recently because... Uh, my missus goes around to her family's and they all watch it together and I went around um, we were out and then just seeing her gran and then ended up watching it right and there was one bit I was like whoa hang on a minute here they've gone from like sitting talking to being on a boat in the middle of the ocean I was like how'd that happen and her her dad was like oh yeah you just have to assume that in this show sometimes there's like weeks between scenes and you're like oh all right okay of course randomly skips forward it could be 10 minutes or it could be Three weeks, you yeah. just don't know. Yeah, but it was how casual it was. It's like, oh no, don't worry about that. This this happens all the time. And this, yeah. I'm like, what between scenes? Like, if there's <laughs> yeah. cut, and then the next thing, you're three months yeah. in the bloody I, I future. I make a statement, and nothing relevant happens for a month. So, yeah, nah. Well, fuck that. Anyway, we're here to talk about fun stuff like the UFC. Quite a busy week in news this week. Uh, of course, we have our dick of the day, we have our dude of the day, and even our saints and sinners to come. So, um, let's just get into it. Uh, Sage Northcutt obviously got sparked out cold uh, at 1FC. Um, did you see his facial injuries? I did. Eight, Eight fractures. fractures in his face. His he ain't face. pretty no more. Well, I don't think he ever was. He was a, okay, I wouldn't even what, say he was Just because hand- he's ripped? No. I wouldn't say he was a handsome man. He was a pretty he like man. a bird. Yeah, he's pretty. He looks like a bird, like a pretty bird. Yeah. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. Just reminds me of Dumb and Dumber, yeah. the blind kid. Stroking the dead <laughs> Stroking budgie. Stroking the dead budgie. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Dumb and Dumber from 30 years oh, ago. Like anyone <laughs> hasn't seen Dumb and Dumber, what have you been doing in your life? It's the same as people who are like, never seen me myself in R.I. It's like, are you oh, come on. fucking kidding me? That cow is lucky to be alive. Uh, <laughs> you see what he did to that cow? Put 15 rounds in the poor sucker. <laughs> Damn thing's lucky to be alive. <laughs> That's a great show. Um oh. Gary Tonin, uh, looking like Gary Tonin. Yeah. Looks like he's done fucking around the feet. Doing what Gary Tonin does best. Taking you down and tapping you. Quickly. Yeah. Very quickly. Uh, just rolled into it. He looked was like, yep. I'll yeah, good that. luck stopping that. Yeah, there's. I can't really think of very many people that could. No. Um, it, It's next level jiu-jitsu. He will forever be Dylan Dennis's papa. Oh, yeah. His daddy um, so speaking of grappling, uh, randomly, uh, Jorge Masvidal and Anthony Pettis are having a grappling match on the fifteenth of June. It's very odd. It's weird. It's weird timing. Is that like a week before Masvidal yeah. fights Oscar? Well, I suppose because Pettis is going with an injury. Pettis, oh, could you imagine? Ooh. Um, I suppose Pettis is very like Ben Askren. Perfect warm up. <laughs> I don't understand. Somewhat like it just seems stupid. Speaking of stupid, and Anthony Pettis, Nate Diaz, what the frig that? Like, yeah, what's that fight about? I don't actually know. Um, especially like at welterweight. Like, so do you think that Diaz doesn't want to cut weight, or do you think that he's like literally just too big now? Like, how? Like, obviously he's in his thirties now. Um, do you think that he's just maybe can't make lightweight anymore? Who knows? Like, who knows? You know, how... I think Pettis marks him. <sighs> Could do, but Pettis doesn't like pressure, which Nate can bring, and has obviously, well, cardio for days. But it's what does mindset... Do? We don't know anymore. 
We don't know anything well, anymore. Thing, yeah, I mean, it's been, what, three, coming up four years since he's fought last. And Diaz is funny because he loses against people that he probably shouldn't and then beats people that he probably shouldn't. Yeah. Do you know, like, you can never, like, I don't know. It's a weird fight. I don't understand. What do you reckon the odds on this fight actually taking place are, though? Oh, I think it'll happen. You do think yeah, it'll I happen? I do think it'll happen. I think it's on. I think it's done. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no. I'm not disputing that it's it's on and it's signed, but, like, the actual odds that Nate Diaz makes it to the cage. I think they're high. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think that... I think, I think that, this is stupid. I think if Nate is about and willing to fight and you have a certain Mr. McGregor sitting around, it's it makes all the sense in the world to have a trilogy fight. You, well, that's what I don't get, is why you wouldn't do the trilogy over this. Yeah. That's I, a bit I, I that don't I don't understand. get. But, you know, hey-ho, that's the UFC. It doesn't surprise me in the slightest that they, they've they gone down this route because they're never predictable. And it's it's one of the downsides of being a fan of the UFC in particular um, or fan of the you know the, of the MMA when you're following the UFC mainly is it the fights that should happen very rarely do and the fights that don't like this you're going what the like where does this come from but yeah. then casuals don't care because they're like oh Diaz is fighting he's fighting a nobody, nobody. he's gonna kick his ass he yeah. be, you know the only person that could beat Diaz McGregor you know you can just hear the them and other people who did yeah well no but um, you know what I mean yeah I don't know this I don't get this fight I just don't get it it'll be fun like super fun to watch and i'm excited for it if it happens but it makes zero sense it, correct zero sense is the 100 percent correct turn uh our term sorry uh so lesnar is definitely out he will not be coming back do you know why i do know why because i think i told you yeah you <laughs> yeah i saw on twitter that he made his triumphant return to wrestling last night so yep i'm pretty sure that is the nail in the coffin. Although he, none of us really believed his I'm retired speech. No. Or statement or whatever it was. Um, but showing back up in WWE is... Uh, I'm sure they've signed him up to well, some juicy we'll contract. We'll talk more about him we'll get to that. soon. Um, so Rashad made it to the Hall of Fame, um, which I absolutely love. Um, what are your thoughts? I kind of don't. I kind of don't love it. Why? I just think that it, the Hall of Fame should be reserved for dominant champions or, like, exceptional circumstances. Um, well, like, one of the first papers used to breach a million, like, something like that. I don't think that'll look like... <sighs> that and holding the belt. He held the belt for and all 10 minutes. Career. He did have a good career, but, like... It, that's the one I'm saying. Hall of Fame shouldn't be, oh, you had a good career. It should be like you had essentially a Hall of Fame career. You had, I just, I think, like, if Rashad Evans, who I like and was a fan of, hung on too long, but I mean, we've talked about this before. If he's in the Hall of Fame, you're literally going to have every champion ever in the Hall of Fame. I like, think look 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 Thomas tweeted something that I think uh might actually sort of half agree with you in a way which is he said Rashad Evans entering the UFC Hall of Fame the bug the broadcast for UFC Rochester announces I make no claim about worthiness for the Hall of Fame because it's not a traditional Hall of Fame but Evans is incredibly important to the sport and it's nice to see his career honored that is essentially for me like 
you know you you're not that's the one thing you're not factoring in is about how important it is to the sport i understand if there was if this was just a, a person i'm trying to think of a better example off the top of my head who's who was just was a champ once. to the sport dude he was at one stage he was the name like if he had he's he? still was yeah he because yeah name? no no he was because there's a graph now i can't I, I couldn't find it i was looking for it earlier there's a graph that i showed you months ago and it had scattered on it, like, the, all of the pay-per-views and, like, the biggest ones yeah, ever. He, he had a really big fight. So he was the guy? He wasn't the guy. But he was. At that because... time, see when that big fight happened? John Jones was the guy. No, no, but in terms of, like, pe- like popularity, like, it, you, can't, no, no, but mo- you can't say I he... I think that was more to, like... It was because of the ultimate fighter it was because, between yeah, him, it was... and Rashad, or him, and him and Rampage. Him and Rampage. But that's exactly the point, is think... that... But he was never the popular one. Like, he wasn't... I don't know. I, he was uh... the villain in that. He absolutely was. Both of them were villains in that. Yeah, at the, by by the time the fight came around, no one was really. I was rooting for Rashad, not Rampage. I, I can't really remember who I was rooting for at the time, but I remember like the general consensus was that people liked Rampage and people didn't like Rashad because he was cocky. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, but he was still like. Oh, yeah, but that's I, like I'm Mayweather. Not, I'm not arguing. That he's not great, and that yes, he was involved in a massive fight. But by that time, he'd already lost the belt. You know, like I just. It should be reserved for people who have really done something exceptional. I think when you when you are involved in one of the biggest selling fights in the sport, I think you have done something exceptional. I just think that it is it is unfortunately for me it does come down to that. Like well, not, not alone, not well, alone. I'm, I'm going to play a really like stupid argument in this, but like CM Punk was involved in historically a massive fight, but he didn't hold the belt. No, but uh, so he has that, no. no but so he has not, no claim. I'm not arguing that separately. But you could but like, no, being no, involved in a giant fight doesn't necessarily. No, no, no. But it does but he, when you've also held the belt because it puts you into it puts you into contention. I just I think it's more to do more to do with who's going to follow in and if like Rashad's in, you literally everyone's going to be in. Everyone who's ever held a belt is going to be in. Well, this this year's class is Rich Franklin, Deserved, Sugar Rashad, was a dominant Evans. champion. Rashad and Michael Bisping and the three the only, of them the only reason I'm cool with Michael Bisping being in because he was a pioneer for a new market uh, but Michael Bisping potentially could be in anyway because of like and this thing is yes pioneer for the new market but you like you even just think of like the people he was in there with he's the only British champion you know yeah yeah uh, absolutely but the sport's so young that like by that logic like you like because your argument essentially is the same as saying like yeah, if you're the first to something you should be in I don't know like yeah, if you're the first to, you know, do a joke. As we were talking about this the other day, we we're talking about Matt Serra. Matt Serra to me is only in there because he was the first to win the Ultimate Fighter and the UFC title. You know, that's what he's there for. Um, I just, because I think literally every champion ever is going to be in. Like, he didn't defend the belt once. He had a great run, but like a great run shouldn't get great runs shouldn't get you in the Hall of Fame. But it's not just his run; it's the 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 historical importance. Yeah, I think the historical importance is kind of a lot of it. And you know, if you look at the people that are well, I think Bisping's a prime example. It's the importance of his runs. Yeah, but he, he also defended the belt, and he was a pioneer. Lost. Bisping didn't defend the belt. He did. Oh, against Silva. No, against no, Henderson. Sorry. Oh shit! Yeah, no, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, but do you know what? Like, it's not like uh, that wasn't the argument I was putting forward anyway. I like the uh, for me. I just don't think there is a, a big historical significance for Rashad Evans. 
I, th- I, th- I disagree. I think when I, c- I keep going back to this, but it is the main point. When you have one of the biggest selling pay per views of all time, it's important. It's important. It, it put it put it on the map. You know, he was a pop. He was one of the first sort of pop culture crossovers. You know, like was he? Yeah, fuck yeah. Like this dude. See on. If the, I went up and asked a hundred strangers who Rashad Evans was, they wouldn't have a clue. But I think that that's the case. With what I'm saying is that of that generation of fighters, he is one of the ones that if someone is going to know them, they're going to. The UFC to this day, apart from so. Conor McGregor, I, I don't I think, think you could I name think people. I think Rashad gets lost in that shuffle between he wasn't in Chuck and Tito and Randy, and he was before John Jones. Even though they, you know, like John Jones' sort of prominence, even though they did fight each other. I disagree. I think that one of the one of the most prominent. I think Rashad was going to be John Jones, well, and a, and before, but no one, Jones no one, along. no one beat John Jones. You know, no, no. But what I'm saying was he was supposed to be as dominant as Jones was, or you know, yeah, but turned that's out hype. to be. That's different. But that's what I'm saying. But like, yeah, I just... but he's not in the Hall of Fame because of hype. He's in it because he won the belt and was part of a massively historically significant card for the UFC. But the thing is, like, if you if you think about standout moments from UFC history, if you were to do like a compilation top fifty moments in UFC history, one of them would be him and and Rampage in dare I say it, the Ultimate Fighter staring at each other where he's going say it again to call me a bitch again call yeah, me a bitch again you know get you in the hall of fame it, no, but it, and the it, fight it, the fight itself was actually tired. it was pretty tired but that's not the point the point is that it was so hyped going into it that well, i my, think my that, whole argument based on this though is that like if you include rashad evans you're gonna have to include them all but like, you wouldn't put anybody so, in from the signs of be, it it's good no i would it's gonna be so oversaturated well, who would you put in? Like, okay, who's who's worthy then that that isn't already in? Because you've kind of already the, got the 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 ones that have have done like com, like completely like as in like records that probably won't be matched for a while again anyway. But if you put, you know, like, there, I mean, there's guys here certain, you know, DC is certain, um, GSP is certain, Anderson Silva's a certain, and then you start going down of who's sort of currently i just think you have to have been fairly dominant for a while like you at least have to have defended once i don't think that it's just about dominance i think it has to by nature be about you know i think it is. I, I really think it is i think other like is johnny Hendricks gonna be in the ufc hall of fame possibly well, I, I absolutely would, shouldn't be no well well I, but i don't think he was historically important but how is he any less because He's, he didn't have one of the biggest selling well, pay-per-views of all time but it, so what it doesn't it just of course it matters I, that's eyes not, on the sport that's not hall of fame worthy like that combined with a belt is well i'm pretty sure johnny hendrix and gsp did but that was because of gsp but, yeah but i'm gonna well i can say well rashad rampage was because of rampage, but hendrix, because didn't rampage, win. rampage but hendrix didn't win rampage was the big crossover star but there. hendrix didn't have the belt hendrix did have the belt when he beat robbie lawler for the belt i bet he got beaten in that fight no he didn't in the gsp fight yeah he did I know he got beat by GSP, but yeah, what I'm saying is he was involved in a big fight, the one with GSP, because Rampage Rashad wasn't for the belt. Yeah, no, no, I know he didn't have the belt. And he also held the belt at one point. Yeah, but, but he it, didn't defend but it. it. Wasn't... So Johnny Hendricks has a similar claim. And you yeah. can say, oh, it was GSP made the big, that big fight. I can say, well, it was Rampage, because Rampage was the crossover star. Rampage was the one on the A-team. Rampage was the one... 
Yeah, but there was no famous moment. Culture. There was no famous moments like that. Like that's that's different because I'm not. The, but that's like because the whole fight was built off the back of that season of the Ultimate Fighter, and this was when a the Ultimate was Kevin Fighter, Lee going to get in the Hall of Fame down the line because of his famous moment with Michael Chiesa? But I don't know. But this isn't. But like, this is I'm what not, I'm. But just, what I'm saying is that so with the Ultimate Fighter, like that was a when the Ultimate Fighter was still relevant, and b when it was actually entertaining, and that whole mm. season culminated like that that you honestly think that 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 one of the biggest pay-per-views of all time happened just because of rampage being coming over from pride no it happened because of the dynamic between the two of those i understand that but what i'm saying is the two the two of them built that fight on the ultimate fighter and and that's why it's different to johnny hendrix Rashad built yeah, that, but that fight. Well, on that logic, is Nate Diaz going in the Hall of Fame? He might end up there, well, I don't, whether shouldn't. I like it or not. Maybe not. Like, maybe he should But he had, a, he had a far bigger moment and far more moments and a bigger pay-per-view draw than any one. He didn't have the belt, though. It, that, that, like, he wasn't a champ. You know, I think that you do have to probably have held a belt at some stage to make the Hall of Fame. And I, I understand the two of them are separate in terms of timeline, but it's it's still... That will be their case. I'm, what I'm saying is, I just think Rashad had a very, very, very good career. It's just not Hall of Fame. It's just not Hall of Fame. Standards must be ridiculous. But they should be like my my argument against this. It should be ridiculously high. It should be, and like the best of the best of the best of the best but should be could... in the UFC Hall of Fame. Otherwise, you end up with things like the WWE Hall of Fame, where they just have to fill five slots or whatever it is every year, and you end up getting guys who should be nowhere near it. It's sort of like well. If you've ever, you know, been anybody in the UFC, you're going to end up in it. It shouldn't be that way. It should be for the absolute exceptional athletes at the top. There's guys, guy, and because it's the UFC Hall of Fame, there's guys who will not end up in it because you know they did the majority of the work outside of the UFC. I just think he held the belt for 147 days, lost it in his first title, uh, title defense. And didn't you know? From then, never really got it back. He beat some big names. He beat some guys who were over the hill, and he himself hung on too long. I well, just don't. I don't think. I think if you include Rashad Evans, then you're going to have to put Machida in. You're going to have to put. I think, but but they like, may well end up in. And I, but that's I'm what not, I mean. Like I don't. But the problem is right. This actually Machida has a better claim because he has a defense. But this isn't like other other sports Hall of Fames, right? Because you have is Luke Rockhold going to end up in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> I don't know. You see, this is the thing, though. It's is he historically irrelevant or important? I don't think he's. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a much bigger crossover star than Rashad Evans was. He's flipping, but he hasn't sold the same numbers. He's look, Rockhold hasn't sold a million pay per views. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, but like it was. I could understand if Rashad did it habitually, but it, but it was a it was like literally because of because of the anomaly. Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, yeah. No, I get that, but but what I'm saying is that like you can't just be like well, Rampage was the and bigger you name. argue that like the success of that. And the eyes brought onto that, which ultimately led to the pay per view buys, were because people were only watching the Ultimate Fighter because Kimbo Slice was on it. I don't know if that's. Oh, Kimbo Slice was big, massive draw. Oh no, no, I know like, he was a big draw. I like, I remember it because I watched that was the first season I ever watched because it was a season with Shaw and yeah, it was um, the heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, and Matt Mitrione and like and uh, big Marcus. Uh, what's his name? Marcus Jones was it? Yeah, the NFL guy. Yeah, um, like I, I remember, like I'm Daryl Shunover. What's up, titties? Titties, What's up, titties. Yeah. Um, like I, like I watched that season intently, but but it's just you know, I just well, then Rampage should be in. Probably we should already be. Probably in. you know, like, I'm not disputing that. But the what problem I am, is that there are guys out there who are more deserving of this who should be in it. Jens Pulver should be in it now. You know, uh, maybe yeah. 
but well, the, but this is the point is that like so i'm not like i just you, think i just can't think, get annoyed at i'm people. not getting annoyed but there's just there's gonna be like it's gonna be so oversaturated if you're putting guys in who yes held the title obviously you're part of ufc history forever if you yeah. win the belt you know you can't get any higher but the hall of fame because as the sport continues to grow there's going to be so many champions as we go forward through history that it should be reserved for dominant champions or champions who left a real mark and he just didn't he just didn't we're gonna have everybody in well the thing is that there is if Rashad a difference had it defended even once i would argue yep 100 percent deserving I'm just not sure that that's the angle that they've come from with this. It's not because he was so dominant. There are guys that will go in because they're so dominant, and there are guys that will go in because they're had culturally. The, I don't think he had the cultural a cultural impact. I, I just completely disagree with that. I think that you're I, right. You're right one, in raising there was one that, big that, fight, which was an accum- accumulation of a bunch of other factors. True, um, but he's still in it unresponsible for it you know like him and like the thing is like you said you hit the nail on the head earlier be like oh it's because he was so cocky yeah people paid because they wanted to see rampage put him into the fucking ground but that doesn't matter that's like saying that floyd mayweather doesn't sell fights that's you know that's yeah, but, that's his opponent that sells yeah, them because floyd he's May- such floyd a mayweather also sells fights because of his record like yeah the, of different, course different of course but records have to start somewhere and you know yeah but just rashad never like he has a very good record but he was never his great record up he was never that guy he was never the guy he was never that guy and if he was the guy it was very brief i just think that you by he was, your, a, cha- he was a champion in waiting i just think that by your standards you have you've got so, so few people to go in but that's that's my point there should be so few no, but it's different the because hall of fame. it's different because if you look at other sports hall of fames right those are sports where they have 30 teams with five to 12 players depending on the sport mm-hmm. you know so the pool of people that goes in is bigger because they have you know they have so many more people taking part in that sport in that way this is a a single man endeavor yeah but so so therefore think, you know i don't think the ufc should be trying to match other sports in that well we need quantity in there but no 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 but it's not it's not about the quantity it's about the fact that you know it's it's you know, people can't set records in this sport the way you can in other sports because there isn't as many records to break. There's just, there's, there's so, so many more. Like, it is such a volatile sport that, you know, there's only going to be one Demetrius Johnson. And I don't think that we'll ever see that record streak broken, personally. We probably will at some point. You think? You well, think you're going to see someone that will defend the belt, what, like 12 times? Well, people, in a row? Said, people said the exact same thing about Anderson Silva. Yeah. And, and then and, literally within. A handful of years, Mighty Mouse came along. There's always, there will be another. There's always. That's the thing, sport, especially individualistic sport. There's always another. I don't know. I I think we are going to be waiting a long, long, long time. Um, like we, John Jones could beat that. He's literally literally on track too. It's possible. You know, so like there's, but 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 again, like John Jones right now, Hall of Famer. Yeah, Demetrius Johnson Hall, but that's my point. Is it like you don't have to set those records to go in? No, no, but like because yeah. there's so few people. I'm not, that can I'm not do saying that. you have to be a record setter, but he, he, but, but, but Rashad was though. But he wasn't. But he was. He What's set the record? record at the time for. What's his th- record? It wasn't even the biggest the, fight at the time. It was one of the biggest pay per views in history. Yeah, it's one of the biggest. Still ever, yeah. to that to yeah, this it's day, one of, still like, it's one of the top five, six, seven pay per views of all time. But it doesn't it doesn't hold any records. Like you're talking about records, he doesn't hold any records. He hasn't broken any. I, but that, was that not the biggest at no. the time? No. What was? UFC 100. 
Lesnar and Mir too, and GSP Tiago Alves. Right. But I, th- I think that, you know, again, though, like Brock Lesnar, a guy that could make it into the Hall of Fame. And Brock Lesnar has multiple title defenses. No, no, I understand that. But what I'm saying is that, like, a part of that, though, is that, because this is what I'm and trying to... And if you're arguing, you know, cultural crossover, Lesnar had a far, far bigger impact. Of course he does. But this is what I'm saying is that, like, even without the title defenses, the multiples, if he if Lesnar had held the belt combined with what the appeal and eyes he brought to the sport, I think that when you set numbers Lesner's, that yeah, big... Yeah, but Lesnar's a very unique case in that he did it pretty much every time he stepped in the cage. I agree, but that what I'm, I, but it doesn't mean that, that like, Michelle's I'll just give you not that, relevant. I'm not saying that he's not relevant. I'm just saying that like I don't think he's as relevant as you're sort of letting on here. In his prime, he was a fucking animal. Oh, yeah. I'm his not, title run I'm, was amazing. His title run? Yeah, like his run to it yeah. was, was phenomenal. Like, And you need to remember... At that time, like the guys he was beating, apart from Sean Salmon, were all killers, you know. And and you know, mm, yeah, it, 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 it that's the thing as well is it's like at the time he was on a fucking tear, and and people wanted to either pay to, to to watch him win or watch him get his teeth smashed in. But like he was a fucking killer for so long until, you know, until he wasn't. Essentially, and I think that you have to combine that with a title win and with the cultural relevance in the sport. Like even like even looking back, you know, he is he has some very good wins. Like I'm never gonna take the wins away. Like Forrest, you know, when he won the title, he absolutely demolished Forrest Griffin. Before that, you know, Chuck Liddell was two in two thousand. Even in two thousand and eight, was not Chuck Liddell. Um, Bisping fight was ridiculously close. Ortiz, he should have lost that fight. And before that, you know, you just said Sean Salmon. I just don't think his run. I think his run after he lost the belt was actually better. The Tiago Silva rampage battered Tito and then beat Phil Davis. His there, run to up to his, sorry, his run up to his second title fight was his best run of his career. There is an argument, or not an argument, there is like, you know, there is an element of this where I'm not going to tell you that he probably hasn't got favoritism because he's, you know, a UFC sweetheart. Yeah. But what I will say is that he's got wins over a bunch of other Hall of Famers. His run was excellent. I just think it sets a precedent that like every Tom, Dick and Harry is going to be. I think it sets a precedent that if you are, if you have been good to the UFC, you're more likely to get in, but that's no different to to any other sport yeah. or organization. And and I think that you know this isn't this isn't a disgraceful entry. It's just no, no, no. Not, I'm I'm not saying like I understand. It's not. It's to not a point. It's to, not. You know. It's not outrageous to me that he's going in at all. I'm just saying for the potential moving forward, it just means for me. If it was up to me and I was picking a Hall of Fame, he's close, very close. It's it's that we see this is the thing because we're we're finding middle ground where you're saying he's close and I'm saying like I do understand your point to an extent which is yeah. that like does he tick every single box that that that, that would be ideal no but you know there's a, a guy on a, a guy on Reddit uh, summed it up really well where he said it's a Hall of Fame Rashad was extremely relevant had a lot of big moments and high profile fights is a successful analyst that's former UFC champion former tough champion from the formative years of the modern UFC and Tough Era, and his season on Tough was with Rampage was iconic. Rashad was a big star and absolutely deserves to be uh, in for his contribution to sport, and that was one big X Hebrew um, is his username, if you'd like to go and uh, follow him. But, you know, I, I kind of agree with him on that, in that, like, he had big fights, big moments, 
the the season of that that is without a doubt the most popular season of ultimate fighter it has to be it's the most iconic by far oh yeah but you like know, i said that's because it's kimbo slice man it's what well, it kimbo slice in what 2009 yes but 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 it was the dynamic between rampage and you're right and that, that might have been why people started watching it but people kept going back also to see rampage and and rashad i know i did i was oh, yeah, yeah. I'm every not, week I I, thought, i'm not arguing that it wasn't captivating and you know and it was a massive fight and it was a big fight and it was a good sell i just i don't know i just it, it the record you know and it's saying things like like yes he is a ufc sweetheart and you know he's an, a very good analyst now but like since when has being a good analyst contributed no no but it's it's, it's the whole of fame so it's fame essentially mm-hmm. like to, to to make it to dumb it down it's the famous people who've done ridiculous things in the ufc essentially or um but you know he is still relevant in the ufc i think is what the point of the analyst work is is that he still plays a role in the ufc and that that does count for something you know he didn't just have a few fights now fuck off you know like he's still relevant and i think that maybe the point is that he's still a face that people might know from the ufc and new guys that come to it might know him as an analyst and not even know oh hey that's do you know what I mean? It's hard for us to imagine because we we yeah, know for just, so long. I, for me, is, it's, but... it's it's the body of work. You know, that's what you should be in the UFC because we're go- if it's for stuff like that, being a well known face. You know, there's there's a different wing for that. You know, which you know ultimately people like Bruce Buffer will end up in. It's the I forget what they call it. It's not the pioneer wing. It's like got the tap out guys and it is something like that. The um. I'll look it up here because that's going to annoy me. Yeah, because there's like the. But my argument was, you know, if you're putting Rashad in, like, you uh, I don't the even... contributors wing contributors, and then there's the fights, isn't there? I was um, going to say you could nearly put Rampage. So you have the modern era wing, um, the pioneer wing. Which wing are they putting them into? And the fights. Hmm? Which wing are they putting them into? Modern. Modern. But that's that would be right. Do you know what I mean? Like. You know he's in there with Uriah Faber, and that's the thing is I well, know that you well, no, I know that you probably don't think that Uriah he could, shouldn't be in there. No, either. no, that's fair. But what I'm saying is, but it's all he's not in the Pioneer Wing because he literally started. What well, is Bisbing in the Pioneer Wing? No, no, he's modern as modern. well. So the Pioneer Wing, I believe, is for literally the early pioneers. Like the like, if you listen to the names in it, it's all super early. Oh yeah, mostly. I just Hoist Gracie, what the cutoff is? Ken Shamrock, Dan Severn, Randy Couture. Mark Coleman, Chocolate L, Matt Hughes, Tito Ortiz, Pat Miltich, Bass Rutten, um, Nog, uh, Don Fry, Maurice Smith, Kazushi Sakuraba. And Big Nog shouldn't be in the UFC Hall of Fame. Probably either. not. And Matt Serra, which, you know, is the, the, the spanner in the works. Um, but, you know. Although, before anyone absolutely crucifies me for that, Big Nog should be in. There should be an MMA Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're in the UFC Hall of Fame, you know, it should be... You just had too short a, a career Yeah, it should be UFC. what you did in the UFC. You said he was a one-time interim champ? But that's what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah it's a, you know, his, you know, he should be in any MMA Hall of Fame for his work in Pride. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's a, definitely like a... But I suppose that's the problem you, you're going to have is that there isn't like a... Uh, like an impartial... MMA Hall of Fame or an MMA sort of commission or you yeah. know and there's no one voting for it. It's just yeah, you know, yeah, it's not voted by peers. It's decided by a company who profits off these people. True. So. Um, Conor McGregor's love child. Uh, 
the mother alleged. Has, what's her <laughs> alleged love alleged child. love child uh allegedly allegedly uh, has <laughs> mocked the fighter online uh, it was actually quite witty to be yeah, fair it was pretty kid falling over on a trampoline and was like uh, can't stay on her feet just like her father which i thought was Ooh. a bit of a burn but um to be fair though it's a bit shitty that like that's getting traction because it is at the moment alleged yeah and you know what what's she trying to do what's her well, i was game? supposed to prove this when jeremy kyle's off there i know right poor jeremy do you know what it's funny right i don't like jeremy kyle like i don't like i don't i think it's some of it is cruel it's like human like it's like a human zoo in some ways <laughs> but what i will say is everyone that goes to those who don't know jeremy kyle is a bit like um maury or, maury or ricky lake or jerry yeah, springfield or jerry, jerry seinfeld or not jerry seinfeld what do you call him jerry springer, springer that's it jerry that's springer. it um, just mixing everybody there it's just a mix of absolutely like five different pop culture references <laughs> yeah. combined into one uh and the, the problem that i have is that you know everyone so someone died they had a heart attack believed to be induced by the stress was it like a week after it, I th- no i think it was sooner than that but what i will say is that the guy's history was pretty questionable um yeah and, he was wounded for yeah but also sorts. also it wasn't that it was more like i think there was drugs and things yeah. and you know things could cause heart problems but even if that's not the case that wasn't the point of making the point i'm making is that nobody ever is like you know, everyone was like, I'll oh, take it off the air. It's ridiculous. It's, you know, it needs to come off the air. He needs fired. He needs this. He needs that. And it's like, what about the people that he actually did help? Mm. We, we, like, and I'm not saying that he helped, like, that he helped more than he didn't because, like, the show is literally an entertainment show. However, he had a load of drug addicts on, offered them free treatment, offered them free addiction counseling, offered them rehab, you know, and don't get me wrong. If people don't want to take an olive branch, they're under no obligation yeah. to. But I just don't like this thing that's like, oh, what? So he's A, responsible, and B, what? So he never did, like, because this one bad thing happened, well, it's any just, it's remote like we bit of good he did. The Hall of Fame, there was that weird thing. It's like, he's ultimately profiting off these people. Yeah, but that, it, yeah, that's why problems. I have no problem with it coming off. But yeah. what I'm saying is, like, it's weird that, that like, everyone will jump on the negative, but no oh, one yeah. ever was like, oh, well, you know. He did offer some counselling, you know. There's there are addicts who have recovered thanks to that show, which Plus is bizarre. Some, some great people. He's helped some great people move forward in their lives. I think they I had was like sleeping a, with my cousin's cat. You have to have either had oh, no, I'm not an incestuous relationship, a bestiality relationship. You're not allowed to have more than four teeth. Like, oh yeah, you always know by the teeth. Yeah, it, like you can decide who's guilty. By the teeth. Smile. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's got a full set of teeth, you know, he's he's probably all right, you know. The bit that annoyed me is like you know, well let's find out if you cheated on her with your with her sister, you know, and it's like the lie detector test, and then he's and then like, You like, did it. It says you're lying says to you're you, lie. absolute wee, like, scumbag. Yeah, there's a wee claim at the bottom. Lie detector test, not entirely accurate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's not admissible in court, and it's like there's it's a like, reason. But I'm for literally that. destroying someone's life yeah. for this right so, now. And because the thing is it's like I've always wondered that with a um which you call lie detectors because it's like, you know, detects subtle changes in pulse. And it's like, well, if I was in a fucking office knowing that my results are about to be televised, I'm sure I'd be sweating yeah. regardless of whether you're guilty or not. Of a like, resting heart rate of 142. Exactly. <laughs> so you're looking a bit sweaty there. Is yeah, it all these questions I'm asking in this tiny the, room? Yeah, my life's going to be dragged through the mud on if TV. If it's not admissible in court, it shouldn't be admissible. Now. And they, they, then they in all the act like, and the, the one the one I love is when they're like, right, well, give, give me that card then and they'll use it and they'll take it home with them. And it's like, <laughs> you just know that they're like the 
yeah, get it framed, and then they're like, any argument, be like, oh, oh yeah, like the, the last card. time. Check the like, card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not believing you. Um, oh. Anyway, we got completely sidetracked there. Uh, I don't know what the hell she's playing at. That would be my one question. Who? Uh, McGregor, this girl that McGregor's a legend. Oh, she's fishing she's for that money. But what does this do to get the money? Oh, nothing. That's just... Is it just being a dick? Well, in fairness, we're talking about it. I'm sure other oh, No, no that's my point. Is it why does she... Does she want to be famous off this? No, it's she... just... I, I, well, probably. But I forgot this was even a thing until earlier Same, today. But that's my point, is that, you just know... Just to keep it relevant. If surely she's She obviously either... has a budding career in, in comedy writing, though, so... Well, yeah, she could... Yeah, she'd come right for us. Um, <laughs> so, Anderson Silva questioning his fight future following his UFC 237 loss uh, about time uh, yeah dude was faking it yeah you have a conspiracy about this don't you you think he wanted out I do I think he's got PTSD from that leg break and just took a few and was like oh no 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 not going there again not going but did there. he not break his leg from a check yeah so, but you think there's someone applying a kick oh, I just think any like Standing around that leg. Any bad, bad knocks to the leg. I just think it wasn't... I don't know. I can't say that the great Anderson Silva was looking for a way out. But I think he just did. But it was convenient. <laughs> it was convenient. And the screaming and the howling and, oh, God. Oh. Yeah, and then he just and walked then, out and, and then, then didn't go to hospital. Yeah, didn't go to hospital. And then it turns out that it's just grand. It could be on to something. Uh, speaking of real injuries, though, did you see uh, Volkanovsky's foot? Yeah, a blood infection. His foot swollen the size of a ham. <laughs> yeah, well, a honey roast ham foot. Yeah, it was, it was honey roast ham foot. It was, uh, it was pretty, pretty puffy. I don't know. Like yeah, a, it looked sore. Um, dude went to a hospital in Chile rather than Brazil. I wonder what the reason for that was. You got to get the the f out of Brazil as soon as you beat Jose Aldo in Rio. Do you think it's that, or do you think it's like? Well, I don't know. Is is Chile on the way back? Yeah, it would be, but because oh, yeah, because it's in South America, isn't it? Yeah, but is that your your flight route? It seems it would seem odd. Well, I, I don't Chile, think they landed Chile... the plane to like. Oh, well, <laughs> um, is Chile not renowned for its healthcare? healthcare? Well, that's what I was going to say. So it's like, so Chile is. Yeah, it, I don't know whether it would be on the. I thought it was on the other side. It oh. it is, but that's uh, I don't know. Like, but I don't know the flight route. Like, they could go across because he's going back to is he Australia or New Zealand? New Zealand or New Zealand. Australia are both. Yeah, no, no. It probably Chile probably would be, but like, unless he had a connecting flight in Chile, and then they were like, "Oh, we need to get you to hospital about that foot." Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I can't figure out. Well, regardless, um, the foot was gross. Yeah, um, it was pretty gross. Yeah, he gets our uh, of the week. Stick a few potatoes beside that, some mashed carrot and parsnip, and serve it for Christmas dinner. Uh, yeah. Um, so I think it's uh, maybe time for us to do our uh, dick and dude of the day. Well, I will let the jingle play us in. Dick, they're a dick, they're a dick of the day. Dick of the day. So, uh, Dick of the Day, I think, has to go to Falco Neto. Um, he failed the drugs test, an in-competition drugs test, when he fought Fabian Edwards at Bellator there uh, in Birmingham. Uh, what a fucking dick. Yeah. Um, to fail a drugs test in Bellator is pretty impressive. To fail a drugs test in Bellator in the UK 
even more impressive. Especially in competition. And third, yeah, thirdly, in competition. And just, you know, to put salt in the wound, the performance was terrible. Um, yeah. Upkicked into oblivion. All them drugs don't help your chin, brah. No, and, you know, quite obviously on the steroids. Oh, yeah, like we said at the time, mm-hmm. you know, would not pass the smell. Didn't pass our visual test. The visual our, test. Our like, visual inspection. If I was Jeff Nowitzki in USADA, I think... All you'd like, have to do is walk up to him in the changing room and be like, you naughty, bruh? And yeah, just start naughty, sweating. Bro. Just start <laughs> sweating bullets. Yeah, what, you know what they need? They need that Jeremy Kyle lie detector test. Absolutely. How do you... Oh my goodness. I think we just cracked this open. Oh, could you imagine? Instead of a hearing, it's like a yeah. public show where you public just go, you naughty, bruh? You naughty, bruh? You naughty, bruh? The card says... He's not naughty, bro. He's lying. He's lying. Everyone, ooh, booing and all. Ooh. But then you just get the John Jones who would be like, he's guilty, but we're going to let you fight anyway because yeah. we really like you and you seem like a great He's dude. guilty. I don't understand that still. Like, I get that it's about money, but it's like, of all of the people to give a Bible to, you're going to give the guy that ran over a pregnant woman drunk or high on coke or, you know, he's been, it's confusing to keep a track of because he's been high on coke so many times and drunk so many times and he's hit people in his car and he's done this and he's done that. He's hit under a ring. Now we know why. Like, why Why give that guy a Bible? But then Sean O'Malley for Austrian, which they proved was a tainted supplement. Nope, you're going down, boy. Was Johnny Jones be snitching? On who? Falco Neto. Yeah, Falco Neto. <laughs> like, because since then, right, here's the thing, conspiracy time. This is where we need, like, a who wants to be a millionaire? Diddly, 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 ding. Conspiracy time. Uh, who have they busted since John Jones started snitching? Who's this juicy name that he's given up? I don't know. No one? I'm trying to think. Yeah. Well, fucking good information. Unless he routed TJ Dillashaw. But I don't see the line. Imagine John Jones was involved in that. <laughs> Just, it turns out that he's, he's the reason that TJ got sank. He's like, I know a snitch when I see one. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, well, I suppose you would, because if you're John Jones... Paulo it's like, Costa. It's one guy's... Who then also started snitching. It's just like a chain of snitches. Yeah. Oh, anyway, um, a bit more positive news. Our dude of the day has to be... Has to be Michael... Pereira. Yeah. I mean, Let's, anybody who fights like ooh, that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We need to give him his jingle, bro. Okay. Hold on. Dude. I'm the dude. Dude. Sorry, go ahead. You were saying. I was. <laughs> Anyone who fights like that is not just dude of the day. I think it's just a dude. Absolutely. You're, well, when we were talking about Hall of Fame, you're, you're pretty close. You're, like, you're yeah. already a contender. For the dude Hall of Fame, especially to come out that obviously roided. Oh yeah, he balls. What a dude did not give a shit. Like, <laughs> like, if that guy, you know, pisses hot, who cares? Who I don't cares? Care. I don't care. <laughs> like, we will give him a bible. You see, this is this is what I'm saying though. Is like a guy like if that you get is... him, if he pisses hot, you just let him, Paulo Costa, and Johnny Walker, take whatever the hell they want and fight in a three way fight to the death. I don't know if Johnny Walker could possibly take any more than he's already taken <laughs> of course he hasn't actually tested hunt but but this is the thing though like i like nate diaz hit the nail on the head everyone's on something oh yeah of course they are everyone is and they're all like they they can like there's guys there is a handful of guys but here's the weird thing 
it's easier to spot the guys who aren't. Or it's, do you know what I mean? It's easier to just point them out. Like, I don't think Sean O'Malley is, for instance, the guy we just mentioned. <laughs> the guy who just popped. No, no, but he was. Yeah. What they proved it was a tennis supplement, and it was only Austrian. Although, I'm talking about roids. Yeah. You know, yeah. Connor. I don't think is. Well, he's on, on. He's on some pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Maybe not of the performance enhancing. Maybe variety. not ones that you would inject. Maybe more ones that you take nasally. Orally. Nasally. Yeah, nasally. Do they take these? Snort three lines twice a day. The big shock for me was Neil Magny. Yeah, but it was a SARM again, and whether or not it was a tainted supplement, we don't know yet. Yeah. Um, SARMs, you know, it is true what they say about uh, you Selective know the tainted supplements. Androgen receptors, yeah, or modifiers or something. I think something like modulators, that. something. Modulators, but yeah. it's essentially muscle. It allows you to to cut weight, essentially. Um, to, to cut th- weight and what maintain. I mean by maintain muscle but that's what i, I mean yeah. it's by, by cut weight i mean put muscle on while by burning fat i don't mean cut weight as in you know for a fight cut weight yeah um like bodybuilding cutting you know where you yeah. put muscle on but lose fat um which obviously this is why steroid use should be a bit more obvious is that you know i think people have this illusion that like you know you can walk around with a shit ton of muscle and still be shredded like you can't because your muscle needs fat to fuel it so yeah. you know you can't you can't look like TJ Dillashaw did at 125, you know, without some extra help, you know. And that's why I was saying, like, you know, Sean O'Malley, like, if he is, I'd be very surprised because he's in great nick, but he's not yeah. in that nick. Do you know what I mean? No. But then there's guys like Johnny Walker and Mr. Pereira who, you know, and do you know what? If they are and they're getting away with it, I don't really care. Like, I, I, I think it's shit i think it's shit but as in uh, there's an ignorance is bliss part like i'd rather no one was doing it but what i'm saying is is like yeah it's kind of, kind of one of those things like either just let everyone do it or let yeah. no one do yeah it. because you can't you can't but, but, but you know what i'm trying to say is that like if they're doing it and they get away with it well like they like yes they've they'll have there's been a couple of unfair fights because of it which i hate uh, um in theory but what i mean is it's like it's only whenever they pop that it becomes an actual problem because then it's that you start to question but their record. But even just the whole concept of having a natural fighter, like it's all not fighter, a natural thing to do. No, but no, not even that. But like all fighters will be on some like what you taking protein powder. Well, it's not natural, you know. Yeah, what do you allow and what yeah, do you, you not? Yeah, you taking BCAAs, you taking pre workouts. You know, like you know, you're not arguing. There's, you know, am I a natural fighter? You're arguing to what degree? Am I a natural fighter? Yeah, yeah. So. But that's but that's exactly it. You know, you are kind of getting to that point. But I think that uh, for most people, you know, I, I am against steroids. Like, I wish that they didn't exist in the sport, but I'm also not dumb. I know that it's nearly impossible to implement a foolproof system. And that's what I'm saying about, like, if you're doing it and you're getting away with it, Fairfax, because you're just ahead of the curve, I'm not saying that it's okay. And I'm not saying that I wish it were like this. But what I am saying is that if you're going to do it, at least don't get caught. <laughs> because yeah. you At least do the decent thing and keep it private. Kind of. Like, kind of. Because it just makes everything messier, if that makes sense. And this is as a selfish note and a fan. And as I said, like, I'd rather no one's taking them. But that's just not possible or feasible. No, if you're if you're not treat or Sorry, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. No. Um, Sean O'Malley got his purple belt, by the way. Oose. Oose, as they say, yeah. Congrats. Um, um, yeah, I watched his blog of him getting it. He's a cool cop. He is. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's another one that's taking some extra pharmaceuticals, but you do uh, inhale his. Yeah. How much? I wonder how much weed he actually smokes. Just the right amount. I'm thinking. Well, clearly, 
just the right amount. Clearly, like how the hell does he does he function at that high level? By the way, what the fuck did he do to piss the UFC off? Why for his next fight? Oh, Moraes, or um, yeah, Sergio Moraes is it not? I don't think so, because that's an entirely different weight division. Um, not Sergio Moraes. Hold on, why have I, why have I not? Uh, I'm gonna have to Google this. I can't remember what it was. Oh my goodness, this is gonna annoy me now. You don't find it? No, can't find it. Um, shout out my life. For sake, of course, of course, this should be easy to find. Uh, oh, sorry, that's it. Marlon Vera. Yeah, that's a tough fight. That was that it. Um, fight. I don't know why I got the names muddled up there, but yeah, that's. Could we see O'Malley's O go? Potentially. It's tough, tough too because he's had such a period yeah, of time away been out for a good while. Um, he had that odd injury. Remember foot tendons or something, something like that. Yeah. Um, but he could come back better than ever. He could do. Um, he could well do. But uh, congrats on the purple belt. Mm. Uh, Holloway and Edgar. That is a Yay. fight that's happening. Yeah. I don't still really... maintain they should have just held off and booked. Well, actually, now that we've seen the foot, uh, I'm not sure about Volkanovski's availability, but it would have made all the sense to have that as the as Max's return to featherweight. I just don't think, from Frankie Edgar's point of view, I don't think that a win against Cub Swanson gets you a direct title shot. Well, it does. But this is... We were Who, talk, uh, we were, but we were talking about it, Rashad. This is, this is the long-term effect of doing the UFC favours, being a company man. And some for some guys, it, it pays off, and Frankie Edgar's getting another title shot, which he's not going to win. I'm just not that impressed by Frankie Edgar's performances as well late. He's great, you know, um, but, you know, Yair Rodriguez, that was a good win for him. But at the same time, you know, Yair, I expect Yair to get beaten by guys inside the top five for a bit. Because he's still, you know... He's, well, he caught, he caught he's, Yair, you know, on the way up. Um, I can't really fault Frankie Edgar, you know. It's, I can't know of nothing against him at all, but, you know, you win know, against... Like the guys he fights... Stevens, Rodriguez, and Swanson with two losses I, on either side of that I think isn't it's, I enough. think it's because we've seen... It's MMA math, which, as we all know, doesn't work, but it's the, the two dominant losses to Aldo who has two dominant losses to the champion. And Holloway also has a dominant win over Brian Ortega, who sent Frankie Edgar's head into the top row. Yeah. it's. I just I just don't like the fight. I think that we know what happens. Yeah, it's... Dude, Holloway's going to ice him. I don't know if he ices him, but he, I think he... he I don't mean ice him as in, like, puts him to sleep. I mean, like, it's going to look a lot oh, like I think the Ortega domi- fight. I think he dominates him. It's going to look like the Ortega yeah. fight. Well, He's going to stuff every takedown. And, well, not everyone. I'm sure he'll get him down, but he'll pop back up. I just think this looks like Ortega. I don't think it does anything for either fighter. Um, Frankie, 37. I'd like to see him, if he wins, retire. And I'd possibly even like to see him if he loses, retire. I don't like telling fighters when to retire, but I just think, like, you know, what else is left of 45 for him? This nothing. is, no, 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 is going to no, be his no, last there's, shot. There's nothing. This, I mean, this absolutely should be his last shot. I, ex- I would very heavily favor 
Holloway going into this. Um, you're right, if he loses, which I expect him to, um, 37, you know, was the lightweight champion, will have challenged for the featherweight title a bunch of times and come up short. Um, sort of done everything he can do, you know. Yeah. 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 Um, Javier Mendez says uh, regarding Connor and Habib, uh, talking about four potential rivals for Habib, I can give my assessment from the least dangerous to the most dangerous, Mendez said. Um, he was speaking to the MMA News in regards to this. Max Holloway would be the easiest for Habib. Max is good boxing but lacks power at lightweight. Next on the list is Dustin Poirier. He's got stamina and versatility. Tony Ferguson is my second choice. His elbows would be potentially dangerous. And finally, the number one contender for me is still Connor. His boxing is special. That's his chance. Thoughts on this? Um, if I was Habib, I'd want to fight Connor twice more and then retire because. Just get that dollar. Get that cheddar. Um, I think he's still right, though. Like, he probably is. Do you think Connor's more of a threat? Not than Justin Gaethje. I think, yeah, I think Gaethje's the big threat. I think Gaethje's the big threat as well. I think that over the ones he's named there, I I, th- I think possibly because, I've said this before, Habib dominated Connor from bell to bell, but yeah. Connor managed to take less damage on the ground, and I think we've seen uh, Habib traditionally do. Now, I'm not saying that. I that- also think Connor wears damage well. You very rarely see him like smashed up. True, true. Well. I, I just think you don't see him get hit a lot or hit clean a lot. Um, yeah. You know, his, his head movement and his, his his ability to roll with shots is very good. But I think that, like, and I'm like, you know, you know this, and anyone's listening to the podcast for knows this, like, we're not Connor, not Huggers by any stretch. Neither of us, and we both respect him, but neither of us are big fans. Um, I, I think that Connor's, like, going into this fight, I think it ends the same way. I think that Habib strangles him. Um, but. I, I oh, yeah, still. But if, I, if I was in Habib's camp, like I, I'm absolutely pushing for the Conor. It would be the biggest are. fight ever. But that's not the question. The question is whether or not you think that Conor still poses a big risk. And I think that I don't think he does particularly. I don't think there's anything. I think he poses more than he did the last time, but not enough to actually change, really? the, change the outcome. Yeah, because I think he'll have learned more from that. You know, he said himself, and it was actually it was remarkably insightful. But I think people thought it was a bit glib. But I don't think it was when he talked about. Uh, how he, you know, he he became too focused defensively and wasn't wasn't working offensively on the ground, and I think that you know he conceded the positions. I, I, I can understand that's a good attitude, but like there's just I don't no, think he can change it. Yeah, there's there's no amount of time that he could close that gap effectively. I think that he stands more of a chance than he did, but don't mistake that for me saying he would win i would still i I, I, would, I will still put money on habib i think he still i think he stands the exact same chance i i think he's i think it's silly to think that he hasn't learned anything yeah, from but, being in there with but him habib has also learned yeah but the the thing with habib is that you know you yes he will have but, learned. Every, but both sides learn you know like I, yeah no no of course of course but i think that you know i, I think that that what connor did to habib won't change so i think that what 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 habib will have learned won't be as beneficial as what connor will have learned if that makes sense so of course well, he will have learned well, but he'll have learned that he what he can do and you know how you know he's been he, you know each round started on the feet in front of connor you know like he got through that that was the big the test you know it was closing that distance and he did and he actually thrived on the feet as well so i think you know he's learned plenty there i think 
I wouldn't like say yourself. thrived in the feet. I'd say there's the one shot, the one good shot if, that he, you know, he if landed. If you go back but, and watch it, like he doesn't land anything big or substantial. He landed the big overhand. Like, oh yeah, part, but no, but I mean like just like sorry, the fact that obviously the majority of the fight wasn't the ground, but when it was on the feet, Habib had the better of the stand up as well. I um, thought it. I had it. Uh, I had it about even from what I remember. But oh yeah, I haven't but, but, watched but, it in a but while. people assumed that the stand up, the gap in the stand up was literally you know similar to the gap on the ground i think the people that said that though forgot that 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 changes when you're fighting a grappler and that like i think that connor technically if like if you put the two of them in a boxing ring i think connor fucks him but it's yeah. the it's the fear of the takedown prevents connor but that is part of it though so i'm not taking yeah. away from it you're right in that you know i think people just assume you know because people People were like, "Oh, you know, Connor's just got such a massive, massive advantage on the on the feet." And yes, on paper, but when you stand in front of someone, and like we know this from sparring, even like when you stand in front of someone and you go, "Are they going to punch me? Are they going to kick me? Are they going to take me down?" That's a completely different dynamic to when yeah. we're just say boxing sparring. Oh, ab- absolutely. You know, so I think that um, well, I just, I just don't think, I just don't think he poses any more or less of a threat than he did last time. I think this is smart from Javier Mendez yeah, because building the fight. Yeah, you just gotta start building that up. Make him look like a killer if he wins. Yeah. Well you know it, it builds but yeah, builds Connor up as a as a credible challenger after Habib essentially dismantled him. So uh Don Fry admitted to taking oxycodone before his Pride nineteen fight against Ken Shamrock. Now thing that's interesting about that is that he uh he took a lot of leg locks in that in the first round and uh saw on reddit someone's asking uh do you think maybe he would have succumbed to one of them if he wasn't <laughs> off his tits on opiates what a dude like he's like you know i'm just getting fucked up in oxycodone he it's not really dude behavior but not really but, but kind of like, <laughs> don fry has a there's a special exception rule for don fry like i mean is that not wants. just like the most manly man you've ever seen it's just the fight between him and we're of course looking at the picture of him glaring while wearing you know jacked on clearly on everything um wearing his american flag trunks who was it he fought in pride and the two of them just like literally grabbed the back of each other's necks and just oh, i forget his name started through it like yeah. it was like a comedy fight it was like wrestling like when they take that like one for one yeah just beating the shit out of each other don fry one of the one of the pound for pound greatest mustaches ever oh 100 percent. do you know what he's like he's like a roided tom Selleck. i was literally about to say he's like a jack tom he's Selleck. Like, yeah he's like if tom it, Selleck just went fuck us just like if magnum pi was actually real yeah 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 <laughs> um yeah well what a dude but uh, i don't really with, know what else we can say about that nah with that uh i think it would be time for us to go on to saints and sinners and then uh hopefully recap the ufc i would believe would be the plan here so let's uh, get on to saints and sinners please be seated we are gathered here today to reflect upon the week just past to reward those who have walked in the light and to expose those who have crept in shadow. For those of you new here, welcome to Saints and Sinners. The MMA gods have bestowed the power upon us of judgment to award sainthood or condemn those guilty to hell. Without further ado, let's begin with Saints and Sinners. 
Yes, we are, of course, gathered here uh, for Saints and Sinners this week. Um, I am going to put forward my sinner first. Um, I'm going to put forward Lee. This is this is a complicated one because I'm I'm actually sinning a lot of people at once here, um, because Mass there is no condemnation. I believe that's new. Yeah, um, there is no world. one clear cut culprit. Um, I want to send um Kevin Lee, his corner. Uh, coaching staff, everyone involved in his fight camp. Um, the reason for that is because I can't help but feel, and I'm not alone in this. I've seen a massive outcry for it. That there's something not quite right. Um, we were talking to a mutual friend about this yesterday, and I described Kevin Lee as being like a meal without the seasoning, where all the ingredients were right and it should have been a perfect meal, but it just lacked that little okay. little bit of salt and pepper just to. Do you know what I mean? And and I think Lee's kind of in stasis at the minute, and he should, like, as much as I've ragged on him um, in the past and and to an extent on this show, um, I I would like to see him do well, and I I am disappointed that his his uh his jump to welterweight didn't seem to fix the issues that he had because part of me was quietly hopeful for his sake that it, that it would. But, you know, the, his corner advice was a bit questionable. They were telling him that RDA was getting tired and telling him he looked good and, th- you know, just things I was a bit like, ooh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure objectively if that's mm. good advice. Um, You know, he's, he's Dewey Cooper, um, wasn't it? Uh, the, I think so, Is yeah. that his name, Dewey Cooper? I think so, the, yeah. And Ganu's old coach. Yeah. Um, you know, we would be remiss not to talk about Robert Follis, obviously, who um, sadly isn't isn't on this uh, in, in this realm anymore. Um, but uh, he, you know, obviously was very close with Lee, and that team seems to have struggled to get it all together since since he he left uh, the world. Um, you know, I I think that the, that there's something going on there, uh, and I think that Lee and everybody there should probably have a good hard look at at what's next moving forward. So whilst I am sinning them, it's a mild sin. It's a pray for repentance kind of thing. It's yeah. like a Hail Marys type deal. I'm not like casting them to hell. I just want you to go and have a good hard look at the way you're going. Yeah, I'm telling you. And go have a long hard think about what you're doing and then get yourself to Montreal. Get Try yourself star. to, to Z- Zahabi. It's just it seems like the perfect place for him. It does. It does, yeah. And and to learn off the people there like Roy McDonald, GSP and Well like he literally has lots of the same sort of physical attributes and skill set as like a young GSP. Maybe yeah. even a bit further along. He might be a bit more athletic. Yeah. You know, um, um I like that. I like the idea of that. Yeah, I like the idea of that too. Um, but uh, yeah, have you got anyone that you wish to enter? Well, we... what? <laughs> enter. My goodness, who uh, you entering? Good lord, send you for that. Yeah. Um, well, Uber. while we're talking about sins, um, a sort of uh, a bad one is Rachel Ostovich's husband, who I forget the name of, and I uh, don't really want to know. Arnold Burdon. Burdon. Um, or Burdon. Well, he is a bit of a burden. Um, <laughs> what has, an apt name. Uh, yeah, has been sentenced to four years probation for domestic violence charges. Is so she still with him? I don't... She was for a bit. I think she was for a bit. I don't think so. Um, but yeah, what a dick. Yeah. Um, uh, no coming back from that because, of course, your only link to the MMA world, in my opinion, was Rachel Ostovich and... Uh, there's no redemption for you here, pal. That's you out. 
Mm. That is you cast from the MMA world, cast straight to hell from this show's perspective anyway. Yeah, I mean, wait, like you can't really... Don't you touch my Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> you can't uh, You can't really say anything about it past that. You know, No, no jokes, just shitty behaviour. It's, it's, it's shitty behaviour. I love it. It's like, like apparently you're like, look, this is unacceptable behaviour and yeah, I'm sorry, but I can't no, deal with it. There's no redemptive qualities about this. This is just plain old shitty behaviour. He might disagree with you. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> fuck him. See, he's an MMA fighter as well, isn't he? You might want to be careful about... Ah, fuck him. <laughs> he's he's in not going to fly over from Hawaii. Yeah, if he does. But if you yeah. want to pay us and fly us out there to come and see you, like, we'll absolutely go and do that. No problem at all. Um, I have a saint then. Uh, I am going to saint Mr. Charles Olivier for two reasons. One, thank you for a 12-1 to 1 bookie win. That's, first of all, it's that's always, saint worthy yeah. in itself. Um, but more importantly, and uh, a parish richer, absolutely. I'm, I'm like one pound, like richer. <laughs> I wish I'd put more on that because you know the thing that annoys me is I said this to you earlier. Um, I, I kind of had a feeling because I was like, ah, and we'll talk about it shortly. But it was like Nick Lentz, you know, is so durable grappling wise. It was like, yes, Olivier choked him before but i was like this could easily become a kickboxing match i could see long periods in the feet and i knew that the the uh muay thai was slick um so it was was a shame because i was tempted to be like might put a few a few pounds on that instead of just you know one (laughs) or whatever but uh yeah anyway the real reason that he's getting sainted is he just before the fight said that the ufc didn't really understand what they were playing at because he just wants a ranked fighter and how the fuck can you not give him one no, no. Yeah, it, it makes no sense. Um, because he's sort of, well, he has worked his way back up. He has fought ranked guys in the past. But now, I mean, he's on the, I'd say the best run of his career. Probably. Um, yeah. He's fought, you know, five or six fights in a row, all finishes, all ridiculous. He's 29. He's into his prime years. Let's get this guy uh, fighting some top contenders again. Yeah, um, absolutely. And we salute the attitude. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to give him a temporary sainthood, uh, which is bestowed upon him until his next fight, and then we'll see. Well, I have one last saint, and uh, it's probably a lasting sainthood for services to MMA because I don't think he's coming back, and that is the great white buffalo, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> buffalo. <laughs> who, as of last night, appeared back in the fake world of WWE. The fake world. It's accurate. Um, where I'm sure he will reside the, the last few years of his athletic prime. Sad. Sad that we never got that DC fight. True. I don't think it's coming back now. Um, no. They will have signed him up with some multi-year, multi-mega-million contract so good for him though yeah i'm saying them because although his time with us was short it certainly was memorable and i can respect a man who's made the most out of his athletic performance or ability sorry um he has made bank several times over so good for you brock lesnar you know how to negotiate you know how to get things done and you got all that money go enjoy it yeah hundred percent he found a way to get what he wanted on his terms and you gotta you gotta admire a man like that yeah absolutely. he gets it done and like he gets that. paid he does 100 percent. 
that wraps up our Saint and Sinners for this week. And time for a quick recap of the UFC. Um, we're not going to cover every single uh, fight, obviously, because, well, we, A, don't want to bore you with that, and B... I haven't not, watched them. Not this week. You <laughs> didn't. I will, I'm going to have to try and uh, guide yeah. you up this mountain like a, like a Sherpa up, up Mount Everest. Yeah. So... With that in mind, Julie Warse scoring a beautiful head kick KO in the third round against Julian Arosa, who th- methinks may be a little bit chinny chin chin. Yep, and it's probably the last you'll see of him. Three fights losing streak. Devontae Smith, uh, off the top of my head now, Grant Dawson, and yeah, uh, three seems to be the magic own. number for for losses in a row, unless you are a huge name or a huge draw. And no offense to. Our friend Juicy J, just it's a good nickname. In this USADA UFC world, is Juicy J a good nickname? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think it is. It's the it's the it just makes me think of the uh, special cigarette skin papers. I never smoked, so this no, 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 they're not. They're they're like joint papers. Oh, okay, yeah, they're, they're all flavored. You get like watermelon and. Oh, other okay. other flavored ones, which I'm sure inhaling is probably not the best. I was about way. to say, yeah. So, like, how are they flavored? I have, to, I have no idea. I'm not an don't expert. Want, you don't want to know. Not, well, I'm not an expert in the skins department. There's just it. usually one answer to these things: chemicals. Are yeah. flavored? <laughs> just are they flavored? Coat, artificial flavor. Artificial chemicals. Obviously. Just coated. What do, you, what do you think they burn blue, bro? <laughs> yeah. Just smoking plastic. All right. <laughs> Watermelon flavored plastic. Uh, next up was a middleweight by Zach Cummings, who's a huge gentleman, uh, fighting Trevin Giles. Is he a was... huge gentleman? Hmm? <laughs> what a... Zach is he? Cummings? Yeah. He's big, yeah. Oh, I th- sorry. I thought you meant like in his manner. He is a gentleman, a huge gentleman. No, 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 no. He's <laughs> a, a huge gentleman. I like, thought you were. No, I thought you were just making a comment about. Well, his, he could be. His, he seems like a perfectly affable, perfectly, person. perfectly fine man. We'll get him on sometime, and 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 we'll see. Um, Trevin Giles. Uh, I I don't I don't want to say it annoyed me to read this, but like it was like someone was like real shame, you know. Apparently, he you know took three weeks out of out of work as a police officer, and then was like looking after his daughter before he trained for the fight. And you're kind of going, so he's got a life outside of the sport. Like yeah. what a shock, yeah. you know. So to most of the guys fighting in the prelims, you know, like I, I don't get me wrong, as somebody that has had a novice cage fight where there is zero <laughs> stake, I am going to relate my I, I can, experience. Well, no, directly. no. But what I mean is, like, I can relate to the fact that, like. You know, you've got other things to do outside of like you can't like unless you are one of the guys who can dedicate your time full time and you have you know I would imagine that the second uh, bout in the prelims they're not exactly earning a huge amount of dollar and you know they have Probably so much expense be, but I mean, it's just the way I'd be it goes. surprised if Trevin Giles is earning enough. This is it was his UFC debut, wasn't yeah. it? To yeah. live off, you know, um, off this one fight alone. Um, but, yeah. you know, looked great up until he didn't, essentially. One of those ones. Uh, Zach Cummins, he ha- was on Queer Street, uh, um, which is a really nice area. You should go check it out sometime. <laughs> um, where's that? He, um, uh, where a huge gentleman can go visit. <laughs> just pretty much anywhere in Key West in Florida, I believe. Um, Ooh, but, um, Florida burn. Florida burn. That's, be- that's better than uh, than a California burn, because then forest fires are touchy oh, subject. Um, Zach Cummins uh, managed to tap him in the third round. Uh, it was great. He was nearly unconscious. <laughs> um, he got <laughs> that fantastic. stank leg. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about that fight. Um, this one's cruel because of the names. Patrick Cummins and Ed Herman next. Um, 
but I was just confusing because I was seeing Zach Cummings and Patrick Cummins. There's a lot of coming on There's this There's a card. lot of come in these names, yeah. Um, Ed Herman getting the first round KO win. Um, Cummins, I've always liked, uh, but uh, he didn't He didn't win this time. Why are you, why are you laughing at Cummins? No, it's just your choice. I'm sure you have always liked Cummins. Oh, God. Really? We <laughs> yes, can do that? This really? is for 10-year-olds. <sighs> Grant Dawson fighting Mike Trezano up next. Uh, submission win for Grant Dawson. I favored Trezano going into this. Uh, I was incorrect. Uh, Grant Dawson, great performance from him. Uh, his wrestling's just tireless. I think I actually messaged you in the middle of this fight being like, just watching it is exhausting. Yeah. Like, his style is just absolutely relentless. Um, the next fight up was uh, Danny Roberts, who we saw fight at UFC London. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16-5-0 veteran. Been there, seen it all, done it all, uh, until you come across someone like Michel Pereira. Yeah, you haven't seen anyone like Pereira before. I don't think anyone has. Johnny Walker. Not a welterweight. No. Um, well, I don't <laughs> think Michael Pereira is a, is a welterweight either, to be fair. Well, he, he got there. Speaking of uh, juicy... Mm. You know, Arosa, like uh, them, I think that this gentleman may be little Brazilian genetics, bruh. He's either juiced to the toddies or has the best genetics and work ethic I've ever seen. Just both. Well, regardless, <laughs> he uh, and he won me money on this. Uh, he scored a first round TKO over Danny Roberts, horrendous knee, and then he followed it up with. It was more like it was obviously it was a straight right hand, but. It, it was just the fact that Roberts... like, like a tree falling over. Yeah, it was like a tree just yeah. dropping. He like almost pushed him with his fist yeah. instead of punching him, if you know what I mean. It was absolutely brutal. Um, Desmond Green was up next against Charles Jourdain. Um, this was a good fight, but Desmond Green not looking as sharp this time as he did the I last saw, time. I didn't see this fight, but I saw a lot of Twitter outrage at the scoring, saying that Jourdain probably won. He could have. It is definitely possible. Um, I think that Green is getting a lot of home, home. Uh, I don't want to say cooking, but a lot of noise because he's from Rochester, where yeah. the event was. Um, but I saw someone tweet, and it was it was obviously a perfect description of it. He's like Desmond Green making this fight, uh, even though he he was winning and had the clear advantage uh, in skill set. Someone's saying it's like, you know, he's making this look a lot harder than it should be because of the decisions he was making. You know, he's yeah. a lot of grappling exchanges that probably shouldn't have been happening. And um, yeah, it was good to see Desmond Green getting a win, but, you know, it wasn't the best fight on the card. No. No. Um, speaking of one of the best fights in the card, uh, the As someone he- who hasn't watched this fight, but looking at the scorecards, what the hell happened? 30 26, 29 27, 29 28. How are they so. All over the place. This is what I was saying: is I think Desmond Green did win, but I don't think that it was oh, no, a thirty twenty six. Lad and Eubanks. oh sorry, um, oh the Lad and Eubanks fight. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I didn't think that uh, Lad was as dominant as the as the judges thought. I thought that Lad looked 30, good. Twenty six. Was there a ten eight in there? Uh, apparently, I didn't see it. Um, mm. I didn't see it at all. Aspen Lad as good as a performance. Well, well, twenty nine twenty seven means that someone scored. You know, two judges have given a ten eight. Somewhere, see the bit that I don't get with this is Aspen Lad uh, clearly great in the ground. Um, clearly has an advantage in grappling. And Sajara Eubanks is a Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt. Yeah. You know, she's no slouch. But Aspen Lad has zero striking defense. Oh really? Like zero. None. 
blocking it with her face yeah blocking left hooks with her face repetitively it was <laughs> not pretty in that regard um but so jerry eubanks you you hit the nail on the head last week we talked about this uh she's just so tough that you know it's it's hard to write her off even though she's annoying as fuck uh surprised she made weight though well she moved up a division for this so yeah even still <laughs> i would just be shocked if she made welderweight what's next for aspen lad um well apparently well as we know she was scheduled to fight holly home before that sort of fell through probably best for her that that didn't happen now my missus calls her holly home home she's like home you gotta really put emphasis on that l yeah it's the home home um aspen lad i'm not really sure what you do with her next she She is is a well-built lady fair enough i don't don't know how that helps me figure out what to do next but i suggest that i was trying to help you figure out what to do next (laughs) she's a well-built lady i'd like to see her fight katzangano Makes sense rankings wise, um, and you know, Cat needs to get back in there sooner rather than later. Yeah, has her eye cleared up from? I'm not positive about that, but I would imagine that if it hasn't, it's probably not miles away at this stage. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I actually quite like that fight. Um, would maybe be a bit too much of a jump too soon. But <laughs> you talking about the, we're talking about giving her Holly home. That is true, but I mean, we avoided that now. True. Um, the next fight, uh, which under the the main card was uh, Davi Ramos fighting uh, Austin Hubbard. Um, now Austin Hubbard making his debut. Uh, I've seen really mixed things on this. Uh, I thought this was one of the best fights on the card. Um, Davi Ramos really struggled to get the fight uh, to to the areas where he was super competent, which obviously is his grappling. Looked better on the feet than we've seen him. Excuse me, seen him in a while. Austin Hubbard has low-key one of the best chins in MMA. He got cracked a number of times, but this should not be the last time that we see him in the UFC because he's shooting off everywhere. Now, you said to me that you'd heard that, like, oh, you know, Ramos battered him everywhere. Well, kind of. Yeah. In that Hubbard was making reads and was pop, 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 and then out, and then pop, 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 pop. But Ramos, because he's not afraid of getting taken down, he can plant his feet, he can swing for the fences. So... Any of the shots that he threw were heavy shots. You know, there was no wasted shots with, with Ramos, if that makes sense. Yeah. But Hubbard landed and looked good. His movement looked good. Um, and, like, how many other people have been able to defend off Davi Ramos for three rounds? That in itself is something that... Yeah, I'm not really sure what they're doing with Davi Ramos. They're uh, handing like, him people that... He re- yeah, but, like, he's not a young prospect. You know, he's 30... Young to the sport, is he not? Uh, made his debut in 2010, so not particularly. We're coming up to a 10-year veteran at 32. I just don't really know what they're waiting on to pull the trigger with him. You know, give him someone higher ranked. Um, give him Alexander Hernandez. You know, he's could do. It's a bit of a jump, I suppose. 12th rank? Well, what do you, what, can you give him Islam Makachev, James Vick, or Charles Oliveira? They're the people under him. Mm. He needs a ranked opponent next. Like you can't, you can't just keep feeding him people like this. True, indefinitely. True. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's just it's it seems odd. You know, no offense to Hubbard, but you know he's a, he was on a three fight win streak before that. So fighting a guy coming in on his debut before that, he fought John Gunther, who 
<sighs> is John Gunther. Poor John Gunther. Lovely guy, but yeah. Um, before that, I fought Nick Hine, which is, that is a good win. You know, that's what I mean. It seems odd that he won and they've nearly, like, been giving him lower and lower opponents rather than moving up. It does feel a bit like that. I'm sure that it's not. And I'm sure that there is probably someone justifying somewhere, you know, how that's uh, how how the matchmaking is being done. But I just I just don't see I it. Like I like your idea of James Vick. That's a fight. James Vick Davi Ramos I would watch, yeah. yeah. Um and that wasn't I would like to say that wasn't my idea. That was just me reading the rankings off saying that, you know, if you weren't gonna give him Hernandez, those were your options beneath yeah. Hernandez. Um, but uh, you know, it, it was a, it was a great win for Ramos. Um, he was very humble and candid in his interview after. Um, and he spoke of you know being disappointed that he didn't get the finish. Um, saying he's things to work on. You know, and um, I think if you're Davy Ramos and you're used to walking through people, you know, I think that there is an element of having that cage time that is going to be beneficial moving forward. But I also think that there's an element of him, you know. Where that that should that might light a fire. Guys like that that are used to being so dominant. Yeah. You know, that might light a fire. Um and we might we might even see a, a completely different David Davy Ramos um when when he comes back. But um you know I credit call him Davy Ramos. Davy Ramos. Davy Ramos. Mr. Ramos. Yeah. Um next up was probably the well, it was definitely the fight that I made the most ch 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 chatter on, uh, which was Charles Oliveira and Nick Lentz. Um I got twelve to one for KO. Some pretty ridiculous odds, isn't it? So my rationale hasn't. I looked into this after you told me this. He hasn't knocked anyone out since 2010, so I can understand maybe why the odds were so high. Well, my rationale was not blind. My rationale was Nick Lentz, also monster grappler. So figured, you know, Oliviera perhaps lacking some offensive wrestling but he doesn't need it because that's no. not his style. He'll clinch up. He will hook a leg around you and make you wear his weight. He'll pull you down to the ground. But Nick Lentz, quite a handy wrestler and very durable. So, well, when it comes to grappling, certainly anyway. So my logic was that there would be kickboxing exchanges. And what I actually foresaw happening, which was sort of almost going to happen at one stage, was I thought Olivier might go for a submission, not be able to get it, throw some shots to loosen him up to maybe, you know, free a hand or you know to get under the neck or whatever yeah. and i thought there might be like a continuation of shots from that that might just accumulate um i didn't expect i, I knew it was possible because olivier is muay thai it was actually his last fight i was i was very impressed with how striking it come on uh, and i just had a, a little gut feeling and i thought the matchup lent to a ko by him and thankfully for me it did but uh charles olivier just looks better every time doesn't he it does. it's only 29 he's That's been around crazy. forever um it's time for another step up in competition again. Give him a run at some ranked fighters. Um, he has fought ranked fighters in the past, um, both at lightweight and featherweight. Hasn't he's he's one of those guys who just doesn't really have a big win over anybody. No. Sort of ranked, you know. He's always came up short in those ones, but currently on probably you know the best run of his career in his prime, twenty nine. Yep. Thrown back in there. I think he still wants to go back down to featherweight, but when you're fighting like this at lightweight, why bother? Well, you see, this is the thing: is if he's not needing to cut weights, as you, as you, or sorry, not needing to cut weight, as you kind of said there, it's like, well, why bother? Why, why, why go back down? Gregor Gillespie. That's what I want. Yeah, well, I said that to you in the car there. It's like I think that that is a fight that yeah. could 100% um, make sense, and you know, I think it makes sense for both of them as well. Now, the only thing is. 
you know, Gregor Gillespie is a funny one because he's another one that almost needs to start facing a higher level of competition as well. And there could be an argument there that, you know, Charles Oliveira takes off the requirements for both fighters. Kind Charles of. Oliveira has been there, done it, you know, been in with some of the best. A win over Charles Oliveira, especially now. Doesn't do anything for his ranking, though. Mm. That's what I mean. True. Like, you know, because currently Gregor, you know, that does more for Oliveira than Gregor. Now, I'm not saying that I don't want to see the fight, and I'm not saying that I don't agree that it does something for both. And to the, to, to people like us and, and most of our listeners who watch regularly, you know, uh, beating Oliveira does do something. But it doesn't to, you know, really, like, it, ironically. It's an interesting style matchup as well because, obviously, you know. It's monster raster v. Monst- monster. Yeah, like, would you be able to control Oliveira on the ground like that without, the you know, the constant submission threat? Um, and with the submission threat, would it force Gillespie to stand up a bit more? And, you know, like you were just saying, Oliveira's Muay Thai is always getting better. Mm-hmm. So... I agree. Um, interesting to see what happens next. Uh, so the next fight up was actually, this was a bit of a weird one because uh, I actually did, although I told you I wouldn't, I did, I did. I uh, I told you a fib. I told you I wouldn't watch the Dana White looking for a fight, and I did. It's crap. <sighs> kind of, yeah. But I just, it's like, do you know what it is? It's chewing gum for the brain. It's something oh, yeah, you can yeah. have on in the background. Your head just doesn't need to work too much. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I saw this guy, Derek Krantz, on the show, and Dana was like, oh, you know, it doesn't make sense to sign someone like this. You know, he's 31, he's, you know, 22 and 10 or whatever. But he liked this style because Derek Krantz, and I thought this was a pretty baller thing to say. He's like, let me hurt someone. He's like, please give me a shot. Let me hurt someone. He didn't go, I want to fight in the UFC. You know, he was like, I want to get in there and hurt someone. And his style is pretty. Yeah. It's either dead Kane or just a psychopath. He's pretty reckless in there. But what, what I will say is that. You know, he got his wish. Uh, UFC, As obviously. A tough out on your first yeah. fight, Vincente Luque. Vincente Luque. Um, now, this fight was an, uh, an interesting one from, from my standpoint because Krantz fought this with balls of steel. He has a big old set of brass testes on him because <laughs> he literally went out and swung for the fences. I mean, it was ridiculous. He actually hurt Luque. He had him hurt yeah. in the first 30, 40 seconds of the fight. It was looking hairy for Luque initially. Um, then, I believe, an adrenaline dump and a superior talent, basically. Uh, Luque's just tough. I mean, the same thing, although it obviously went a lot longer with Brian Barberina in his last was fight. back and forth. was back and forth, and he just outlasted him. Um, he's on a great run, really great run. Um, deserves a big step up in competition. Was looking through his record earlier. This is a guy who knocked out Tiago Santos, who's about to fight John Jones at middleweight. Yeah. You know, I mean, we'll get to it later. But like, if you're throwing welterweights in the the, the Robbie Lawler hat, Luke's one, Luke's one. You know, he should yeah. be he should be in there for consideration. Um, not much more to add, and um, we'll get to the Lawler stuff shortly. But. Um, you know, Luke A find a find a way to win again, um, which is kind of unfortunately in this instance it was a thankless task because that was kind of what was expected of him. Yeah. But I think that Derek Krantz, just off his fighting style alone and his testes, uh, he's he'll have got himself another. But fight. he'll definitely yeah, he should definitely get another another shot like taking a, a short notice fight. Um, I I don't get that. You know that he's twenty he's twenty two and ten. You know, and he's thirty one. So 
is he entertaining? Because if he is, and and do you know what? He could have just as easily like. Uh, and True, I'm but going, I think that I think when you're looking to you know sign guys in, you're looking at long term upside, and you know he probably does. Yes, yes, and know, no. is he is he any better than what you know you've currently got? Probably. Is he more entertaining than what you've probably already not. got? Because there's two types of fighter. One yeah. is guys like that that you need that are like to fill cards out, to step in at the last minute, to you know to put on entertaining fights in the prelims. You know, True. I'd it's rather just, have it's... a guy like that than like an entry level, like a, than a 20 year old prospect who they start ha- speeding up the process of. I'd rather watch guys like Derek Krantz fight until the prospects are ready. Does that make sense? Like guys like that to fill. The, the the lower lower bits of the card, you know, veterans who who actually like to him, this probably means more than a twenty year old who's got the next ten years to get it all together. Someone like you know, Kevin Lee at twenty five, we'll talk about him later, but you know, to me, someone like Derek Krantz potentially has more drive to win that fight than someone at twenty five who feels yeah, that they're already it, there. Yeah, I think it's case by case. You know, some people get there too early, some people get there too late, some people don't get there at all. Um Time will tell, you know, short notice fighting someone on a hell of a run. You know, he was always up against it. So, I mean, we'll see what they do with him next. But because he's, you know, he's helped dig the UFC out at the last minute uh, with, uh, it was Neil Magny he was supposed to fight, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, stepping in short notice. He, he'll have earned himself another shot. Yeah, you would You would certainly, you would imagine so anyway. Um, but, uh Yes, the next fight was uh, Megan Anderson fighting Felicia Spencer. Felicia Spencer, of course, the um, she was the Invicta champ. Uh, this featherweight fight, uh, another one to make money on. Um, I made a few points on this. Uh, Spencer was six to one by submission, um, which I favoured over Anderson. I thought that Anderson, if she could fight her fight, which obviously is is more striking orientated, if she could do that, she should have the advantage. But Felicia Spencer just fought. She she ate a couple of big shots, like I mean, like horrendously big shots. Yeah. But just find a way to get the fight where she wanted it and strike. Megan Anderson really needs a win. I know, like she's she won her last fight, but her run in the UFC—it's not great. Well, no shame in losing to Holly Holm. No, the Katzengano won. You know, well, it shouldn't do, but it will have an asterisk beside it. You know, yes, it was a knockout and. I argued that it should have been at the time because there was a lot of debate about, well, should it have been a new contest? No, she she meant to, but, you know, it will forever be one of those weird fights that never really got going. And now this loss to, other than the most hardcore of MMA fans, you won't have a clue who Felicia Spencer is. Um, Megan Anderson came in with a lot of hype and it just sort of hasn't worked out for her yet. Yeah, um, she she has come in with a lot of hype, and a lot of that I think comes down to her look. Um, I think that you know she looks the part. Um, she's obviously massive. Um, at that weight, you know, cuts from I think one hundred and seventy or one hundred and seventy-five yeah. down to one forty-five. Um, well, it was always supposed to be her and Cyborg, and it just never materialized. So, yeah, and it's probably not going to now. Obviously, Felicia Spencer called out Cyborg, who has since accepted. We were talking about this off air. I don't know if Cyborg's actually re-signed with the UFC or not. But if she has, then yeah, just make that fight. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Like if if she, if she's if she's there, then do it because you know that. Well, Felicia Spencer, like Megan Anderson, a legitimate women's featherweight, not a blown up bantamweight. Uh, yeah, yeah. And there's just not a lot of them around for Cyborg to fight. She fought a lightweight. Did you? I think so. I'm nearly sure that they said that, but um, 
but yeah um I, I think that you're right like cyborg definitely could do with um an opponent uh, and, a, and a dance partner and you know cyborg as well you know the the myth the, i think if you're gonna fight her now is a good time because the myth's been smashed you know and there was this thing of like she's unbeatable no she's not unbeatable oh yeah absolutely no you know, I, she's not this is it's the time either to the fight perfect her. time to fight her or a awful time to fight her trying to bounce back from that i think it's difficult probably i think that I, you'd be right if you were like holly Holm or nunez or someone that i felt like i think cyborg with these invicta ones is a little bit like yeah come get it do you know what i mean like yeah. i think that to be fair though you do have to be elite to beat cyborg like oh well no one beats her apart from nunez or no one has beat her you know and nunez is arguably and you know the greatest women's fighter ever I mean, no, she I, has the record to prove it. Any you know, there's, I mean, that's stage. what I mean. Like, so, you know, Felicia Spencer could be a great time to fight Cyborg, could be an awful time to fight Cyborg because she will need, you know, need to get it back. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, the uh, next fight, uh, of course, was uh, the shoe face Antonio Carlos Jr., who randomly uh, on... Google, uh, when you look up this fight card, is Jimmy Manoa. What? <laughs> look. Jimmy Manoa is uh, oh, okay. shoe face, apparently. He's looking a bit uh, different these days. Fighting Ian uh, Heinish. Uh, this was an interesting fight for a couple of reasons. One, uh, the UFC broadcast team clearly... Um, see, there's Ian Heinish, right? We kept going on about his story. Mm. And it's like, he's a fucking drug trafficker. He was a drug trafficker? He was a drug trafficker, I believe. And he... Um, now, I just need to double-check that. I was about to say, you might want to double-check that. But I'm nearly sure that he was a drug trafficker who was put in jail, and then he, like, got into mixed martial arts. And it's like, hang on a minute here. Like, you know, that that is uh, that is not necessarily the story that you want to be promoting. Um, you know, yeah, so Ian Hines describes journey from jail to the UFC. Drug trafficking, prison, and MMA. Yeah, he was a drug trafficker. Fair enough. Did not know this. Surviving stints. After surviving prison stints in multiple countries, he's bounced from Spain upon his release and upon re-entry to the United States for skipping the country after 2009. Yeah, the DEA sting arrested him. Now, fair enough. Everybody deserves a second chance, and I am liberal, so I will not judge in that regard. But what I will say is that the UFC probably shouldn't be using that to promote him. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, as in, I'm cool with the fact that he had he has a, a checkered past. I, I respect that, you know, everybody has done things that they're not proud of. But what I don't like is the glorifying of it. What a story. What a comeback. To go from being a drug trafficker to a UFC fighter. It's like, no, no, no. Just like, just this is just a UFC fighter. Treat him the same way you treat anybody else because you're essentially glorifying what he did. Mm. yeah yes and no but like it's interesting you know it'd be weird for them not to mention it you know it is kind of a i don't know when i'm not saying that they shouldn't have mentioned it but oh no but i'm not saying you'd think that like it was you'd think that it was all he had ever done in his life the way they were talking yeah well i don't know i'm looking at his record here he was having amateur fights in 2014 so i'm assuming and he's had a fairly steady run with what looks like no jail time in between fights up until now so you know maybe maybe it is a good way to showcase mma and that like it turns someone like this is life around essentially yeah, fair fair i just i just don't like the um 
the 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 constant like you know it was just very repetitive it was like it was just over and over and over and over again i was being bleeded at and it's like i i get it like i freaking get it he was in jail that's cool tell me once and then move on you know um i find it quite frustrating to to be you know to be told it over and over and over again but i guess as you said is you know it would be weird of them to ignore it but anyway he he will find a way to get the win over shoe face um and it was a third round uh sorry third round it was a decision after a three round war um shoeface got tired man that's essentially what happened here there was also a couple of um dirty fence grabs that happened which oh, really? yeah yeah um there's one i think it was actually in the second round that was pretty bad like pretty blatant but you know fair play um you know the run he's on is is actually pretty impressive i mean he's uh Beat Mutante, didn't he? Yeah, he beat Mutante and now Shoeface. You know, he's legit as. Um, you know, um, and, I, and someone uh, on Twitter, uh, or not on Twitter, on Reddit, uh, Suzuki Gun for Life, um, he was saying that, uh, you know, aside from a quick loss to Marcus Perez in the LFA, dude's never even been beaten. And, no. he's, and he's only improving every time. So. No, he seems to have a great record. Um, only way is up. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, very grappling-heavy fight, uh, but here's something to be involved in a grappling-heavy fight with Shoeface and not end up on the receiving end of a submission is something in itself to be lauded. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in world-class jiu-jitsu. Uh, seemed to get tired and just almost lose concentration. Just uh, It was weird. It was a weird fight, um, but... Uh, you know, I'm no doubt that both guys come back better, and the UFC good outcome for them because they've got another another fighter. That was kind of actually one of the points I wanted to highlight about the Anderson and Spencer fight, which is that it was actually not a terrible outcome for them because either Spencer or Anderson wins, and you've got yourself, you know, a bit more clout, more name, yeah. um, or Spencer comes who's undefeated, and now you get the previous invicted champ who's still undefeated to fight cyborg so you know either way that was a win-win so smart matchmaking from the ufc yeah, uh, well matched uh classic striker for scrappler on to the main event now before we start this last week we had technical difficulties but you and i got engaged in a very heated debate about mm. kevin lee whether he was legit or not uh and some of my issues with him now what you said is still true which is that he's got time and could be could be late down the line um but what I said, I think, is definitely more relevant now, which is that I didn't think, I, I just personally didn't believe that his cardio issues were purely down to the weight cut. I also didn't believe the hype to an extent. I just thought that he was, you know, above average, but not elite. Now, before we get into this, DeSanjo's fourth round submission win. A couple of questions. Uh, I know you haven't seen all of this fight, but with Kevin Lee, do you think that there is an element of ego here, or do you think that this is just a you know a young guy who's fought too many high level opponents too soon? I think probably both. Um, be very hard not to have an ego if you've been as successful as he has, as young as he has, you know, this guy's been in the UFC for, what, five, six years? Yep. Um, since, you know, he's either 20 or 21. Beaten, you know, lots of the guys he's beaten are fairly well-known names. Um, but at the same time, he is also 25 or 26, whatever he is. 
and he has been fighting monsters for the last several years, and it sort of hasn't been going his way. Um, yep. Yeah, I think he needs to step back, uh, especially in the new division. Um, I hope he stays at welterweight. Um, but, yeah, he just needs to drop down, sort of work his way back up to the top. He's just... This one was a rough one, and the Aya Quinta one was a rough one. Um, it just seems to be... There's something going on there. He has all the ingredients to be great, but it just hasn't clicked yet. Now, like that, I mean, that, that could be age. It could be time. You know, it's certainly not experience anymore because the dude's had, what, 23, 24 fights? Yep. Um, it just... I think he needs to change his scenery. Um, if I was advising him, instructing him or whatever, um, I would say get in the plane and get up to Canada, get the TriStar. I could see him doing really well under Zahabi. He seems to have, you know, all the physical attributes and, you know, like the wrestling pedigree that he could really make him great. Um, but I, I still think there's hope for Kevin Lee to be, an, you know, an elite level fighter. Um, I mean, Rafael Desanos is an example of this. This is a guy who, who himself, um, the start of his UFC career was hardly um, super inspiring of future success. Um, and then it just sort of sort of clicked for him as well. You know, I mean, he started his run four and four in the UFC. And, yeah. And look where he's end up. You know, Kevin Lee has a has a fantastic head start on on everyone else you know in, in that regard the fact that he is so young and has so much experience like he shouldn't be phased by by any of these fights really anymore i just think so he needs someone to put it all together for him he needs proper well, you've you've, get, you've, you've mentioned gonna... fight iq I and mean, we'll, we'll get to it later but yeah just like someone to put all the pieces together for him. Yeah, we'll get to get to that specific point later. Um I think there is issues with his fight IQ. Um I think there's times where he was holding on to things that he shouldn't have held on to, positions in particular, you know, um and other positions where, you know, and now what I will say is I I don't want to shit all over his performance because for the first round and a half he looked he looked good, um but so did RDA. Um it was the, it was the same when he fought Iaquinta. He looked great. His, his striking looked good. He was throwing a really nice body kick, um, which I think works particularly well because the Sanjus southpaw, um, and he caught the Sanjus with a couple of nice body kicks. But you know, I think the issue was that he just kept trying to see him take down, and when it didn't work, he quit. Um, I, I think I've seen, I saw someone posting on Twitter about this, and I can't remember who it was, but they said something about like we've seen him quit a few times now, and I kind of agree in that like. In this, it was quite clear that he ran out of options. Now, when I say quit, like, I don't mean, like, he just, like, you know, bent over and was like, right, you know, I want out. But what I do mean by that is, like, he just, he was like, oh, I just don't have any other options, so I'll just try well, and do nothing. Well, it was when Desanius was on top and he sort of, you know, tried that he reached up to sort of push away to roll over. Now, that's a nothing defense, you know. It's essentially giving the arm triangle you know that, that yeah well i mean to... that's i mean if we did that and we're we're only lowly one straight white belts but if we did that i would i would hope that our coach would be yeah you know words. Like, but that's what i mean when you looking for a way out yeah but that's kind of what i mean it's like he was almost happy enough to just be like oh well what i was doing wasn't working so oh well you yeah, know and, and, and i don't think that it was a conscious decision i think it's you know because that's the thing that people forget about quitting and whenever 
excuse me, when people say quit, you're they're a quitter. It doesn't mean that they're going, I don't want to be in here, so I quit. Yeah. It means that subconsciously they give up because they like, and it must have been frustrating because the Sanjus had him everywhere. Yeah. He was better on the feet. He was getting the better of the grappling exchanges. You know, just the Sanjus, the Sanjus was just good everywhere. And the thing was that, and we'll talk about his corner later, but there was some false information given, and, you know, Kevin Lee was being told that he was getting tired, and you're going, no, he's fucking not. You're getting tired, bro. Same as always. Um, I'm disappointed for and with Kevin Lee. Um, I'm disappointed for him because I did um, our argument last week that unfortunately never made it there. Was kind, kind we we did both agree um, on one thing, which is that the big question was at welterweight would he be different? And I'm I'm disappointed for him that in some ways he's not. You know, yeah. like he still has signs of cardio issues, and it's it's what I said to you last week. I. I, I of course knew that a weight cut does affect your performance, but I just didn't buy. Like someone on Reddit was saying that, like with Kevin Lee, there's always excuses. You know, it was, oh, I was injured. Oh, but the weight cut was bad. Oh, I had staff. You know, mm. and someone was saying, you know, wait and see what he's coming out with this time. You know, and uh, I also think people are pretty hard on him. Like that's he, because of the way he gets on. That is true. So, you know, just, like, that's, he brings it's it expected on expected to a, you know to an extent. I don't like him because of his ego. I think he thinks he's a lot better than he is. Unfortunately, though, that's just you know he's he's a product of this day and age in in the UFC and that like the the brash talking you know cocky approach it has paid off for yeah you know, handsomely so, for for you know, a few um, the and, yo mama joke that made his career that was uh, someone on Reddit I think said that and apologies I I I don't have a note of your name for the the exact quote but. You know, it, it was basically saying that his, his career was just catapulted due to due to a yo mama joke, and uh, you know, I think that's yes and no. I think that's unfair because, like, but it's not. It's not saying that he he doesn't have talent. But what it is saying is that like nobody, he wouldn't have been rushed along after beating Chiesa had he not. No, no, that I'd never, was, I'd never really a, heard of him. That was a headlining fight, you know, like he. He'd fought his way into that position, and so a Chiesa, um, and he came out on top. You know, it was his, his fight with Tony Ferguson was probably a step up too quickly. But I mean, that was the UFC scrambling uh, to fill a void again. Um, that was for the interim sure. title. But it, he is—he he could be one of the most frustrating characters in MMA. You know, but. A twenty six, he has it still. He has it still ahead of him that he, you know, can quite easily turn it around. Whether he will or not, and reach, you know, his full potential, we will wait and see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, question: What's next for Rafael de Sanjos? Saw people saying Connor. Uh, no, I can. It won't happen. But it'd be a good fight. Happen. Yeah, it'd be a good fight, but it's not like there's literally no reason for that to happen at all um he's in a funny position in that he was sitting at three in the rankings before this fight you know beat kevin lee he was coming into the division so it doesn't really affect him in any way lost convincingly to usman and covington um i don't really know he's in a really odd position he is because everyone sort of around him's booked up as well. You know, Masvidal's fighting Askren; they're both directly below him. Till, maybe, but like, 
imagine. We'll get it, you know, but we'll talk about tell a bit with the with the Lawler stuff. But beyond that, you know, everyone else is sort of sort of busy. Stephen Thompson, he's out for a while though. He's gonna be out until until his brain says otherwise. Essentially, yeah. I believe is what um, he was saying. So, Leon Edwards, but that could be a fight. Yeah, yeah, it could. But be, I mean, yeah. that's but that's asking. You know, Desanyo's coming off a win, ranked third in the world to fight a guy outside of the top ten. It is. Um, I'm Who's for, probably a stylistic problem as well. And for Kevin Lee, I mean, I, uh, our our boxing coach um, and and friend of the podcast, Andy Burrows, uh, he actually said, and we were talking to him yesterday, Chiesa and at welterweight. Yeah. Makes too much um, sense. A little bit of a step back in competition. I think, a, I think it'll be a big step down. You know, Chiesa's not top 15 you know he's not about um but that's what kevin lee needs and tiesa would want it because he'll want the win back yeah that's true i don't know i'd like that fight i don't know if you'd drop him down that far i think so who do you drop him down to neil magny standard gatekeeper 13 yeah i just i don't really want to watch lee magny Wow. I know it's not up to me, but you know what I mean. It's like how, like how, how unexciting and uninspiring is but it that? Kind of makes it kind of makes sense though. That's why. That's the thing because well, you'll not be seeing Magni anytime soon because oh, he's yeah, just he's been just popped for SARMs. Um. Well, then it is gonna it is gonna have to be someone like Leon Edwards. Nah. Vicente Luque, as we say, Vicente Luque or Chiesa or someone you know someone fr- you know fifteen or fringe. Here's the problem, right? I think most of them. Merkley. Uh, Masvidal, I, I think, beats nah, Lee. I think Lee beats Masvidal. It depends. Well, Askren, Foxley, Darren Till. That's it. I, that, Till? Till Lee? I'd I just said Till that, Lee. but like, uh, we're going to talk about yeah, Till yeah. a bit, but like, I think his days at Welderwood are... Yeah, well. Anyway. Well, um, could be. Yeah, it could be. It could be a good one. Thank you very much for joining us this week. If you've enjoyed the show, please, please like, share, subscribe. The biggest thing you can do is tag your friends, whether it be on Twitter or uh, on Facebook. Uh, it really helps us out. We're trying to grow the show the best we can. Any feedback you have is more than welcome. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at SuperAdMMA. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash SuperAdMMA. Uh, we will have a website brewing uh, over the next couple of weeks. We'll keep you posted on that. Um, we can't do anything but thank you for the support and your patience, especially because it's taken us quite some time to uh, to get the show back uh, due to the technical issues. So uh, fingers crossed that uh, this is the end of them. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. So until then, peace.